We just want to thank God. Indeed, he's a faithful God. He's a good God. He's a wonderful God. He's a God that answers prayers. And the Bible says, unto him that answereth prayers shall all flesh come. And we have returned this morning to return our praises unto him to appreciate him for what he's done for us, to thank him for how he has kept us, how he has kept our city, how he has kept our nation in the midst of a scourge that invaded the world. And there are lessons for us to learn there. And the lessons are very clear that things, be careful what you put your trust in. Be careful what you invest your time in. Is it going to stand when the shaking begins? Is he going to stand when the shaking starts? Be very, very careful. The only thing that will stand in the midst of shaking is actually the life, the house, the home that is built upon the rock, the rock that never fails, which is Jesus Christ. I want to ask us to go before him this morning, and then let's just, um, uh, you talk to the Lord. What do you want him to do for you? What expectation do you have? You're not here by chance. You're not here by accident. You're in his presence this morning because God drew you. Because nobody can come to the Son unless the Father draws them. You talk to the Lord. Let God hear your voice. What do you want to hear? What do you want heaven to do for you? Open your mouth and talk to him yourself. Talk to him yourself. Father, we thank you. We worship you. Thank you that the entrance of your word brings forth light and understanding to the simple. Thank you that as we go into your world, let there be light, let there be understanding, let there be impartation that will result into transformation, let there, let there be revelation that will cause a revolution. Lord, I pray that no one under the sound of my voice, wherever they may be, be it in the city of, in the city of Melbourne, or even beyond the shores of our country. Oh Lord my God, let there be an encounter with the word, a fresh encounter with the word and your spirit this morning. Father, we thank you. Thank you for opening eyes to see. Thank you for opening ears to hear. Thank you for opening hearts to know what the spirit of God is saying even to the church. We give you praise, we worship you, we adore you, we bless your name. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. I want us to open our Bible to the book of Numbers, chapter number 10, from verse number 1. Numbers, chapter number 10, from verse number 1. We've been on this particular chapter for quite a while now. And we continue our study there until we finish. Numbers 10 from verse number 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, So this was not made up. 
it was God that spoke to his servants. Do you know that faith begins when the will of God is known? God expressly spoke to his prophet, saying, Make two silver trumpets for yourself, and you shall make them of hammered work. You shall use them for cutting the congregation and for directing the movement of the camps, meaning that they were not just to move anyhow. They were not to do things anyhow. God was in charge. God was directing the affairs. You know, Israel was actually studying in the providence of God. The providence of God. God directing his people. God leading his people. Let's continue to read. When they blow both of them, all the congregation shall gather before you at the door of a tabernacle of meeting. But if they blow only one, then the leaders, the heads of the divisions of Israel, shall gather to you. When you sound the advance, the camps that lie on the east side shall then begin their journey. When you sound the advance the second time, then the camps that lie on the south side shall begin their journey. They shall sound the call for them to begin their journeys. And when the assembly is to be gathered, I, I want us to know that when the assembly is to be gathered, because we've been looking at four dimensions of church life. And I mentioned throughout the first dimension, which is actually assembly, that God here, God was giving instruction to Moses how to gather the nation together, how to gather the children of Israel. And I mentioned to us a few weeks back that even in church, in the New Testament church, in the church of the living God, there's a time that we must gather. Amen. Praise God. It's called sanctuary worship. When we all come together, the Bible says we are not to neglect that. You can't be a believer and not gather. God wants us to gather. Why? Because it's not good for a man to be alone. <laughs> I'll repeat. It's not good for a man to be alone. Because when you're alone, you're very vulnerable. Oh, when you're alone, there's nobody supporting you. There's nobody standing with you. When was Eve tempted when she was alone? So it says here, when the assembly is to be gathered together. And do you know, you, can't, you don't need to be thousands before you gather. The Bible says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Two or three people gathering together with hearts connected. Hearts connected to one another and hearts connected to God. It's the picture of the cross, the vertical connection and horizontal connection. And when the assembly is to be gathered together, you shall blow but not sound the advance. You shall blow but not sound the advance. And I mentioned the second dimension of church life is what? Advance. A time will come when we need to advance. A time came when Israel had to advance. What exactly is advance in our modern day parlance? Advance is making progress in your work with God. Advance is going further and going further. Because the further you go, the nearer you are to entering into your inheritance. I'll repeat, the further you go in your work, the closer you are to entering into your inheritance. At this time, Israel was very close to a place called Kadesh Barnea, which was just the border of the promised land. 
and God was giving them instructions how to go about it. They were not just to go about it anyhow. Friends, brothers and sisters, we are not to live our lives anyhow. Anyhow. So when the assembly is to be gathered, you shall blow but not sound the advance. The sons of Aaron, the priests, Aaron was the high priest, shall blow the trumpets, and this shall be to you as an ordinance forever throughout your generations. Meaning that this was not just to stop in the wilderness or at this time, something that must continue till today, that the church must gather, the church must come into an assembly. And not only that, the people must be making an advance, making progress in their work with God. Oh, making progress. You know, working with God is so interesting. Sometimes it will take us through process. And when we're going through process, don't rush to terminate your process. Because when you abort your process, you might be aborting your destiny. You may not be able to understand what you're going through. Maybe the challenge is, oh, I don't understand why I'm facing this. I don't understand what I'm facing that. But I'm telling you, when you can find him, learn to trust him. Because in trusting him, it will open new vistas to you. For you to discover the thing that he's doing in your life. He is not interested in keeping you in darkness. But he wants you to be positioned so that there can be heart-to-heart -heart transaction. So that there can be heaven open up over the earth. That is why the entire New Testament is about the heart. It's about the heart. God's heart being connected to the heart of people. That is why hypocrisy does not have a place in modern day church. Hello. Hypocrisy. Somebody say, you know, you can say this before the pastor, and then maybe, you know, oh, when pastor is not there. It's not about pastor. It's about God. It's about God. So whether pastor is there or not, what are you saying? Whether pastor is there or not, what are you doing? Do you know that Jehovah sees? Jehovah knows. Whether pastor is there, God can see. Jehovah knows. And Jehovah is not too far away from each and every one of us. And it says here, this should be an ordinance throughout your generations. Meaning today, again, I will emphasize we are together. We thank God for that. Many churches are gathering, but how many are advancing? How many are making advance? Why did God allow COVID-19? God could have stopped it. Why did God allow it? Did he cause it? Absolutely no. Did he allow it? Absolutely yes. Why is it? You know, when this scourge came, fear grieved the hearts of many. Many ran, including in the church. But the Bible says, submit yourself to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. The Bible, you will find the Bible saying, run from the devil and he will also run from you. Because Satan cannot run from you when your back is turned to him. He says, Resist the devil. But you can't resist the devil when you are not submitted to God. So the challenge is that are many in the church submitted to God? So submit yourself to God. Then you can resist. Because the strength, the power to resist comes from God. And it says submit yourself to God. Then you can resist the devil and he will flee from you. Verse number nine. Third ordinance. When you go to war. When you go to war, 
Number one, assembly. Number two, advance. Number three, warfare. When you go to war, did you notice there that the Bible does not say if you go to war. It says when you go to war, meaning it's a question of time that you have to face warfare. Because there's no entering into inheritance without warfare. Because they are situations. You, know, you are the world, you are sin, you are Satan endeavoring, conspiring to keep the child of God away from his inheritance or from her inheritance in God. And at those moments, you must be prepared to go to war. You don't fold your arms. You don't just collapse on that because of the attack. He says, when you go to war in your land, against the enemy who oppresses you. When you go to war, meaning there will be occasions for warfare. There will be time for warfare. Amen. Let, let's continue. Let's go verse number 10. And then you shall sound an alarm with the trumpets, and you'll be remembered before the Lord your God, and you'll be saved from your enemies. Oh, you'll be saved from your enemies. And also in the day of your gladness, in your appointed feast. I will stop for now there, you know. But let me go back to when you go to war. So when you go to war, not if you go to war. So the alarm will be sounded when you go to war. When these challenges oh, rear their head. When the enemy seems to be bombarding you. When there seems to be an attack. He said, when you go to war, what do you do? He was telling them there to be prepared that there'll be time of warfare. And then what, this is what you do even at those times. Let me read to you uh, the same scriptures from um, the Good News Translation. Good News Translation, Numbers chapter 10 from verse number 1. And the Lord said to Moses, I love this. So it wasn't Moses just coining something. It wasn't cunningly devised fables. It wasn't just Moses just saying, okay, let's just say it this way. The Lord said to Moses, because the foundation of our faith is the revealed will of God. I said the foundation of our faith is the revealed will of God. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. There's something called the proceeding word. The proceeding word is the rema word. The proceeding word is the on-time word. The proceeding word is the word that heaven is releasing regarding the situation, regarding the circumstance, regarding your situation. And I've said this before. I'll repeat here. Don't go into prayers without hearing the proceeding word. What is God saying about the issue that you're facing? What is God saying about the challenges that is confronting you? Hear from God before you take your flight. I'll repeat. Hear from God before you take your place in prayers. The Lord said to Moses, and in verse number two, he said, make two trumpets of hammered silver to use for calling the people together and for breaking camp. For breaking camp. Verse three. When long blasts are sounded on both trumpets, the whole community is to gather around you at the entrance to the tent of my presence. They were to gather around him, not to gather away from him. Oh, because it was God's servant, the prophet that God has sent to lead his people. Amen. God has given us his, mess, his, his pastors, his ministers, so that they can lead us, they can 
help us. The Bible says, he that descended is also the one that ascended. And he gave gifts unto men. And he gave some word, apostles. And he gave some word, prophets. And he gave some word, evangelists. And he gave some word, pastors and teachers. For what? For the equipping of the saints. The word equip is actually to put together that which has been fractured. So put together that which has been fractured. Sometimes situations could have caused a fracture. And you know, for years I practiced in the medical field. Fracture is not something that you enjoy. Sometimes fracture will come with a lot of pain. Sometimes fracture will also come with a lot of damage. But thank God that in spite of the pain, God can still put everything together. It says, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edification of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of, of the faith, or to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a, to, to a matured person in Christ, till we all come. God wants us to come to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God. But look at it, he said, to, for the equipping of the saints. So pastors, ministers have been sent to equip the saints. They have what is called the equipping pulpit to help believers understand their purpose so that believers can do the work of ministry. I'll repeat. I said pastors have been called by God, sent by God, trained by God to equip the saints for the work of ministry so that the, the saints can do the work of ministry. Now today it's like pastors are the ones doing the work of ministry. Saints are the ones who do the work of ministry. Can you imagine what happens? What happens when the church is not restricted to the four walls? When the church is not restricted, now we do church in church. Hello? We do church in church. We come together. We praise God. We dance before God. We prophesy over one another. And then at the end of it all, we say we finish church. Now let's go into another life. No, 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 no. Church is not a building. You are the church. That is why in spite of COVID-19, church still continues. Because you can't stop the church. The church is not, the, is, is not just a building. The church is the people, the people of God. Can you look at it? And the purpose of God is not for the church to be restricted within the building. So that on Monday, church will continue at St. Vincent's Hospital. On Monday, church will continue at St. Alfred's Hospital. At, on Monday, church will continue at Footscray Hospital. On, on Monday, church will continue at Western Health Hospital or whatever hospital it is. And not only that, at the National Bank, Commonwealth Bank, whatever bank it is, church will continue on Sunday. Oh, somebody said, are you saying that we should go there and start to preach? No, you don't even need to preach. Just live the life. I say, you don't need to preach. You just live the life. You just get to your place of work. And there's this smile, the joy of the Lord bubbling within you. Oh, and you know, many times the unbeliever will have gone through a lot of battering by the enemy. And you walking it with the joy of the Lord. You walking it with a smile. I, I can't but remember a friend of mine. You know, he's a medical doctor, but he's, he's, he's pastoring full-time in the nation of Trinidad and Tobago. At the height when we were in medical school, uh, uh, you know, when all the in courses, the exams, and everything, 
and, and they were really, really a bother to him. They were weighing him down. But there was another person in his own unit who would just come to come to clinic, just laughing and just smiling. And then he had to go to her one day and say, excuse me, why are you always laughing? Why do you seem, all these courses, all these exams, all these tests, don't they bother you? And he said, no. He said, what? They're not bothered. He said, no, 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 no. Why? He said, because I have help. And he was interested in the help. He said, what help do you have? Maybe he thought somebody had been calling her aside and, and said, this is what, you know. He said, I, he said, oh, yes, I have help. And he said, what help? And he said, do you want to know? I will tell you about the help. And what is the help? He said, oh, because Jesus Christ in my life. I'm so glad I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. I belong to my Lord. I'm so glad I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. I belong to my Lord. She had help. The spirit of Jesus was living inside of her. And the Bible says, what is it that the Holy Spirit does not know? He knows everything about everything, about the future, about the present, about the past. And she's been calling on the Holy Spirit regularly to help her, to guide her, to show her what to do. And that, my friend said, I think I want to know this Holy Spirit too. I would like to know him. I would like to know. And that led to this young man giving his heart to Jesus. Today is pastoring. Do you want to tell me that heaven will forget the role that lady played? You know, I can't even remember her name now. But do you think heaven will forget the role she played in leading that young man? At the time, he was so confused. At the time, he was so burdened. At the time, he was very down. Do you think heaven will forget? Heaven will never, never, never forget. Now it's leading others to Jesus himself. Now it's leading a church. But look at what happened there. Look at the seed that was sown by that young lady. So the Bible says here, it says when the long blast has sounded, you know, the whole community is to gather around Moses, around the one that will instruct them. Show them what to do at the entrance to the tent of my presence. Verse 4. But when only one trumpet is sounded, then only the leaders of the clouds are to gather around you. When short blasts are sounded, the, tr the tribes come on the east will move out. Verse 6, when short blasts are sounded a second time, the tribes on the south will move out. So short blasts are to be sounded to break camp. But in order to call the community together, long blasts are to be sounded. So that wherever you are in the camp, you will hear Long blasts were to be sounded. I know. The trumpets are to be blown by Aaron's sons. The priest, the following rule is to be observed for all time. If you look at this, that will tell you something. That God is a God of order. He's not a God of disorder. God has order for everything that he does. Sometimes the challenge we have is that we're out of order. When you learn to find out God's order, and you line up with God's order, you release heaven's power and heaven's resources even into your situation to help you. Verse number eight, the trumpets are to be blown by Aaron's uh, sons, the priests. The following rules will be observed for all time to come. When you are at war, can you see there? Good news translation. When you are at war in your life, defending yourselves against an enemy who has attacked you. 
Because in this case, specifically emphasizing that sometimes the enemies will come against, you know, will come against you. What do you do? Because somebody said, I don't know what I've done. I didn't really do anything. Look at all these troubles. But look at here. So when you are talking about defending yourself against an enemy, not to fold up against the attack of the enemy, sound the signal for battle on these trumpets. I, the Lord, your God, will help you and save you from your enemies. I want to say one thing there. So the alarm was given to Moses to call the tribes together to join to fight the common enemy. So God never intended that anyone should be facing his or her battles alone. Or why will he say, sound the alarm so that your brothers can come together and fight a common enemy who are created to be in relationship? Relationship is the currency of the spirit. Relationship is both vertical and horizontal. Because somebody says, oh, I just want to face God. I just want to, you know, concern. No, it's good to face God. But God has given your brothers and sisters that you walk together. You stand together to push back a common enemy called Satan. Or else the Bible would not have said one would chase a thousand. Two would chase ten thousand. One would chase a thousand. Two would put ten thousand to flight. Meaning multiply strength. No matter how anointed any man of God is, you can't do it alone. Hello? I said, no matter how anointed a pastor is, no matter how anointed a prophet is, you can't do it alone. Even when the Son of God came, he chose 12 others. 12 others to walk with him. 12 others to go around with him. And the Bible says they were unlearned and uneducated men. So it's actually not what you have, what you know, what you don't have, and the rest of it is whether you're actually staying with Jesus. <laughs> Unlearned and uneducated men, but they took notice of the fact that they've been with Jesus. Number two, instructed them to sound the alarm because the alarm was an indication to Israel that heaven is also getting engaged with them in the battle. That you are not alone. You know what that will give them? It's called confidence, knowing that you are not alone. If God be for us, who can be against us? When they were traveling in the wilderness, the pillar of fire went before them at night. The pillar of cloud went before them during the day. So they saw the presence of God with them. And now the alarm being sounded to affirm to them that the God that went before them during the day the God that went before them during the night is also engaging with them to fight their common enemy. Who can defeat God in a battle? <laughs> say, who can defeat God in a battle? Who can confront God in a battle? And say, who, who is it? Can creation defeat his creator? Can the one who was made be dictated to the one who made him? Is it possible? When God is at war for us to say, stop, you can't do anything, I'm telling you it is not possible. Because the God of heaven is the creator of the heavens and the earth. And the Bible says all power belongs to Jesus. The Bible says all power belongs to him. And once the Lord has spoken, twice have I heard that power belongs to my God. Hallelujah. And there's no problem on earth that heaven does not have solution to. 
Oh, I said there's no problem on earth that heaven does not have a solution to. No matter the problem is allowed on earth, I'm telling you, heaven is releasing a solution to it. If earth will line up with heaven, order. 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 So that is why I also want to remind us of the seven pillars of what? Of engaging in spiritual warfare. I can't go into details here. Please get the tapes. The tapes are available online. Listen to them again and again and again. Don't listen once. I said, you know, I've listened once and now. No, go back there. Because the Bible says when you go to war. <laughs> the Bible says when you go to war. So go back and listen. What are those pillars? I listed seven of them of engaging in spiritual warfare. And I just want to emphasize one or two. That the battleground is what is in our thoughts, in our mind. You're not going to see the enemy physically. Because we are confronting spiritual enemy, Israel confronted a physical, natural enemy in the Canaanites, the Jebusites, the Gagashites, and all the Shites that they face in scriptures. But you are not going to confront any Jebusite. You are not going to confront any Gagashite or any word, whatever Shite. <laughs> you are not going to confront those ones. The battle will be against the enemy you do not see. How then do you handle this enemy that you cannot see? Who is always what? Shooting thoughts into your minds. Shooting thoughts of discouragement. Shooting thoughts of lies. Shooting thoughts that say, oh yes. Shooting those thoughts to keep you down. Shooting thoughts of depression. Shooting thoughts that, that you, you, you listen to those thoughts and then you are physical. How do you handle them? You need to go and listen to those tapes. But I just need to remind us that we are not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. Wow, we're fighting from victory. I listed all of that in those seven pillars. And I want to finally also remind us that you have a role to play in the eventual outcome of the warfare in your life. What you do matters. Whether you retreat or whether you advance, those things have consequences. Because choices have what? Consequences. Amen. And then in verse number 10. I'll read verse number 10. And it says in verse number 10, it says, Also in the day of your gladness, in your appointed feast, and at the beginning of your months, you shall blow the trumpets over your bond offering, over the sacrifices of your peace offerings. And it shall be a memorial to you before your God. I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord your God. Let me read it to you from the Good News Translation. Say, also on your joyous occasions. So meaning that the days of gladness are the days of joy. The days of celebration. The days of thanksgiving. The days of returning. That's what we looked at all of that last week. When we, I took you to the New Testament, that even in the New Testament, the 10th leper returned, got more. Because those who return to give thanks will always get more. And I, remind, I remember that also reminded you of Jeremiah chapter number 30. That out of them shall proceed thanksgiving. And the voice of those who make merry. He said, I will multiply them and they will not diminish. I will glorify them and they will not be small. So out of them will proceed what? Thanksgiving. Let thanksgiving be proceeding out of your mouth. When God has been good to you. And learn to thank God for little mercies. 
or what sometimes people call little messes. Time to thank God for what sometimes people call small testimonies. You know, one of my daughter was taught, was uh, you know was having her uh, her uh, it was her third wedding anniversary uh, last year, and she came to me. He said, uh, he said, you know, she calls me Papa. He said. Papa, he said, well, it's our third wedding anniversary, uh, but uh, uh, our own wedding anniversary is so small compared to so many others. I don't know whether we can just celebrate it. I said, what? It doesn't matter whether it is two, whether it is one, whether it is three. We are going to rejoice and thank God. Because when we rejoice and we are thankful to God for the fourth wedding anniversary, you do the fourth one. And I'm telling you, now they've told they've had their fourth wedding anniversary. By the grace of God, they'll have the fifth. They'll, they'll have their sixth. They'll have their seventh. In bigger celebration than what they've done in the last one, two, three years. Amen. Praise God. Celebrate what is called little messes. Celebrate what is called small things. There's no small testimony before God. The plain power that heals headache is the same power that can heal cancer. Amen. And I'm, I'm telling you, God does not look at the testimony and say this one is small. No, 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 no. You need to see how evil angels are rejoicing in heaven over you concerning your testimony. The earth must be rejoicing too. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. And he said, and then in your appointed feast, which is what I'll be looking at today. What exactly are these appointed feasts? Good news says, at your new moon festivals and your other religious festivals, you have to blow the trumpets. When you present your bond offerings and your fellowship offerings, then I will help you. Can you see that? Then I will help you. I thought they've actually received help, meaning that I will give you more. I will help you. I am the Lord your God. So, specifically, what are these feasts? So that, because when you are in the know, you will be in the flow. Ignorance is not a virtue in the kingdom. I say ignorance is not a virtue in the kingdom. When you are in the know, you'll be in the flow. When you know what to do, then you can call for help or you can call for heaven to step in. What are these feasts? I'll take you to Exodus chapter 23 from verse number 14. Exodus 23, verse number 14. Three times you shall keep a feast to me in the year. Three times. How many times? Three times you shall keep a feast to me in the year. You shall keep the feast of unleavened bread. You shall eat unleavened bread seven days as I commanded you. Verse number seven. Yes, let's continue. At the time appointed in the month of Abib. For in it you came out of Egypt. None shall appear before me empty. Meaning you are not just going to stroll down and say I've come. No, you are going to come with what God, with a gift before God to say, look at what you have done for me. Remember, I said, when you do that, I will help you. I will list more into you. Amen. Praise God. I can tell you, I've proven it in your life. You don't need promotion from where you are working before God will continue to increase you. If you learn to practice this, because heaven is not limited to salary. I said, heaven is not limited to salary. 
Sometimes we think, oh yes, we calculate everything based on salary. That's why people don't pay fine. They say, oh yeah, salary, salary. You don't know that it's about you honoring God so that God can release honor into your life, so that God can release help to you, so that struggle can cease. Struggle can cease. He said, look, three times you must appear. Look at it. He said, three times you shall keep a feast to me in the year. Meaning these three times, if you are sick, you must drag yourself there. If you are not feeling well, you must show up there. Why? Because if you refuse to show up, that means that you have missed out on the blessing ordained by God as a result of that festival or that celebration in that season. So at this time, the entire children of this, especially the male, all of them would drag themselves for everywhere. Everywhere. Why? Because by stepping in there is actually an avenue to even receive the grace to bring back whatever healing, whatever challenges, whatever problem has been confronting them. It's like gathering together before heaven to receive empowerment from heaven to transform their situation and circumstances. Because they've come to say to just say thank you. What are those three times? Number one, Passover. Number two, Pentecost. Number three, Tabernacles. One, Passover. Two, Pentecost. Three, Tabernacles. Let me take you to the book of uh, Leviticus, where you find this further explained there, or further open up there. Leviticus, uh, from, uh, Leviticus chapter 23, from verse number uh, one. Leviticus 23, from verse number one. Again, can you see Leviticus 23 uh, from verse number 1? Again, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, don't, don't forget in uh, Numbers chapter 10, and the Lord spoke to Moses. Again, in Leviticus 23 from verse number 1, it says, and the Lord spoke to Moses. Can you see something there? Can you see consistency of scriptures? And this is not by accident. I believe the Lord just including all of this there to, so that it can be very clear to us that we need to consistently hear from him. We need to consistently receive from him before embarking on the journeys of life. Hello. I said we need to consistently hear from him because you heard from him five years ago does not mean what? That God does not have something new for you today. But, uh, Pastor, I thought the Bible said he remains the same. He changes not. That is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Absolutely, you are right. But I have news for you. The Bible, same Bible also says, I will do a new thing. I will do a new thing, and it shall spring forth. Does it mean that the Bible contradicts themselves? No. It's just that there are dimensions of God that we're yet to discover. Oh, yes. There are dimensions, new dimensions of God. They've been there. But as human beings, we are yet to discover them. So it will reveal this dimension. And when we say, wow, we have not seen this one before. I almost busted into singing that I have not seen this one before. A particular song just came into my heart. But I'm not going to go into that. It's always say, wow, I have not seen this. And then suddenly it will reveal another dimension. You say, wow, this is awesome. I'm not saying it. Ex Christianity is not a dull religion. In fact, Christianity is no religion at all. 
Christianity is relationship. And when you're working in relationship with him, oh, God will show you, will open up things to you, will open up dimension to you. Say, wow, I've not seen this before. I've not seen this. He said, I will do a new world thing. And it shall what? Spring forth. And what? Shall you know what? Seed. I will create what? Rivers in the desert. And I will make a way in the wilderness. Meaning that nothing can stop a child of God. God says, I will make a way. A wilderness is thick forest. Thick forest. When there's practically no light, God says, I will become the light. And I will make a way. And he says that I will create rivers in the desert where there's no nothing. Uh, some people say nothing, nothing. How are you doing? Oh, nothing, 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 nothing. What you need is for God to breathe into that nothing, nothing, nothing. And out of it, rivers, 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 rivers will emerge. He said, because I will create rivers in the desert. And I will make a way where? In the wilderness. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel. <laughs> oh, and say to them, The feast of the Lord, which shall proclaim to be holy convocations. These are my feasts. I want us to note that. These feasts were feasts of the Lord given to the children of Israel. He said, look, it said, Speak to the children of Israel. Say to them, the feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, these are my feasts. That means they, they were not just to coin them. They were not just to devise them. They were to receive from him and to celebrate accordingly. Say, these are my feasts. I was looking at this, and he said this to me. He said he created that platform. So that God can be consistently engaging with his people. So that, you know, there's a platform of transaction. They will come with their thanksgiving. They will come with their testimonies. And God will come to receive of them. It's God said, they are my feast. A time to interact. A time to transact. A time to engage with his people. The feast of the Lord. And these feasts are very rich in both symbolic and prophetic significance. Fundamentally, they belong to God. And he gave them to Israel as holy convocations, meaning I've set them apart. They belong to me, but I've set them apart to have interaction with you on the day and the time and the season that he chose for them. Amen. They were the feast of the Lord. Number two, I want to also know something there. And I went on, let me make sure you read verse number three. It says, six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work on it. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. These are the feasts of the Lord, holy convocations, which you shall proclaim at their appointed times. On the 14th day of the month, at the twilight is the Lord's Passover. In Exodus 23, three feasts were mentioned. But in Leviticus, God expanded it to seven. But we're going to look at the three main ones. And uh, the first one we'll be looking at is uh, on verse 5. It says, on the 14th day of the month, at the twilight 
is the Lord's Passover. I said to you before that the feasts were designed by God to provide a platform to engage with his people, to transact with his people, to meet with his people, to enjoy fellowship with his people. And then number two is this. The major theme of this feast is gratitude. I'll repeat. The major theme of this feast is what? Gratitude for what God has done and what God will continue to, to do. God desired a special display of mercy, kindness, and providential care of God should be particularly remembered by his people, that the people should come to celebrate the victories. They should come to celebrate his faithfulness, his defeat of their enemy. They were not to forget them. They were not even to say, oh, you, you forget, you forget past victories in the life of present challenges. You don't do that because when you forget his past victories in the presence of current challenges, you lose the power to overcome and to turn that test into a testimony. There's no testimony without the test. Hello? And I want to say this, that the bigger the testimony, the bigger the test you should expect to go through. Oh, there's no, that's why the word test, forward, T-E-S-T, or what are the four words that you find, the first four words in the word testimony, meaning that if you are preparing for testimony, then be ready for test. Uh, and because testimony is actually God's time of lifting and promotion. In the natural, when you want to leave high school, even in junior school or primary school, people will go through times of what is called testing. Sometimes they are formal tests, sometimes they are informal tests, but people will go through times of testing. And then from one class to the other, you go through some testing so that you are assessed. And you say, okay, you are ready for the next class. And by the time you want to go for the big one, it's called grade 12 exams, or what is called high school, or what is called school sad, whatever, depending on where you are in, in, in the nations of the world. Then you must be prepared for what? Bigger tests. Do you know that, uh, you know, if you want to go through, and then uh, you want to go through grade 12, that will enable you to enter into uni. They will set the test for you. The tests are to prepare you. The tests are to let you know where you are so that you can be effectively prepared for the next level. I want to say to you that at the time that God, whenever God will allow tests to come your way, it's because your time of promotion has come. Hello? Your time of lifting has come. Sometimes, and do you know that the bigger you are going, the greater the test that you have to face. The grade 12 exams is different from when you are doing the final year exam in university. Or do you think they are the same? They are not the same because the qualifications are not the same. This morning, uh, my daughter ran into my office and he said, Daddy! Sometimes when she's so excited like that, I'm just patiently waiting what is actually on the way. 
you know. And she just walked in it, said, Daddy! And I said, okay, here we are now. What the girl is happening? He said, I've just completed my master's program. Here you are seeing a master's graduate. Oh, I said, wow. I said, that's good. I said, but I thought you were going to finish at the end of the year. I said, no. I've finished all the tests. I've finished all the papers. I've submitted every one of them. What is waiting for me at the end of the year is graduation. You could see she was so excited because she finished the test. And sometimes, you know, she would come and tell me, when they said, Dad, I've received the result of my test. I can tell you it's either distinction or HD. Uh, because maybe when it's credit, I may not hear about that one easily. You know, praise the name of the Lord. Uh, uh, hallelujah. But when they said, Dad, I've received, I said, okay, I'm waiting now to hear that. But I can tell you she's been doing so well. Amen. Praise God. And, you know, it's our last daughter. So she's finished her master's now. You know, master's thing. Maybe I need to encourage her to go for a PhD. Amen. If she would do that. But I'm not saying that. But, but, but look, look at that. Look at that. Look at the test she went through. Grade 12. Look at the test she went through. Uh, um, uh, uh, undergraduates. Now look at what she's gone through. Sometimes she will not sleep until the early hours of the morning, writing papers, writing tests, going to bed at 2 a.m., going to bed at 4 a.m. Why? Because of the greater tests that she was you know, writing or preparing for. Preparing for, but thank God she has completed it. I'm telling you, if you're facing any issue today, you say, oh, now, Pastor, what I'm facing seems to be so huge. Just be getting prepared. If I were you, I would stand up where I was, and I'll be dancing to say, hey, my time of lifting and promotion has come. My time of lifting. When they were in Egypt, they didn't face any war. When they were in Goshen, they didn't face any war. But the moment they were on their way to possessing their inheritance, those were the times that the war started. Oh, you don't know that some of those challenges are you getting very close to enter into major inheritance in God, and some of the issues are rising up. And sometimes the enemy sees something that people of God do not see, and he's saying that, look at what is about to happen to this person, this major breakthrough, and he tries to put on a very last effort to stop. And instead of you to what? Having done all, stand. You don't just fall down. You don't just say, oh, look at the problem. No. Time of lifting. Time of lifting. How about if you're going to do like a surgical fellowship exam? Final exams. Oh, fellowship exam. Look at that, too. Oh, it's not easy. In fact, I was told by, by my son, who just finished one, that they will continue to ask you questions until you miss it. You know, so how do you, if they ask the question, you say, yeah, you, I asked another one, they will just continue, 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 and until you miss one. Not like uh, grade 12, not like uh, undergraduate, not even like masters. These are surgical fellowship exams. You know, as you go further, the exams are. So some the issues you are facing, say, but I didn't face this issue last year. I didn't face it two years ago. It's because promotion time has come. And sometimes also, you may, but, but I've been trying to call on God. I've been praying. I've not had anything from God. Because in times of exams, teachers don't go about whispering to students the answers. Then how do you know the answer? 
because of the preparation you have done before, because of your being in class. That's why sometimes you say, but I've been trying to hear. Oh, yeah, I've not heard. You know, at those times, what you have studied, the Holy Spirit will quicken them to you. It's because it's exam time. It will bring them to you so that, okay, this is what I want to do. This is what I need to do. This is the thing I need to take, you know. But, yeah, and when the victory has come, the faith is about showing gratitude. Gratitude. To showing, to pay a debt of gratitude. Dear friends, my dear ones, do you know many people lost their life to COVID-19? All over the nations of the world. Were they bad people? I don't think so. Were there Christians among them? Definitely. But look at how God has spared you. How God has spared me. Because of his mercy. Yes, we prayed. But how about those who prayed and still did not make it? How about those ones? Can you see that we must not take our gratitude you know, so lightly? We must not be ungrateful. We must not be looking at the current challenge or the present situation and forget the times that you have danced and forget the time that God has been faithful and forget the time that God has been good. Do you know there are people who started this year with us and are no more now? Do you know there are people who started even this month with us and are not alive? Today is just the 14th day of June. And there are other people who were alive even last week Sunday. And there are no more now. My dear ones, it's important that we must not be unfailing in expressing gratitude to God for the things he's done for us and the things he's been doing for us. We must not have an ungrateful heart. We must not be unfeeling, because an ungrateful heart is unfeeling. An ungrateful heart is unloving. An ungrateful heart is unbelieving. An ungrateful heart is a disobedient heart. Ungrateful people will never be great. That is why we must be thankful to God and must be grateful to him and express our gratitude to him for the things he's done for us. I cannot at this time remember an, a popular American author and writer. He started drinking at the age of 12. He became an alcoholic at the age of 13. He became a drug addict at the age of 18. It was a life heading for destruction. All hope was lost because of some of the challenging circumstances around her. But the grace of God came upon her. And God gave her another opportunity. And today, she's a very well-known author. And she wrote this. He said, gratitude will unlock the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos to order, confusion to clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast, a house into a home, a stranger into a friend, 
Gratitude makes sense of our past, brings peace for today, and creates a vision for tomorrow. Gratitude by a woman called Melody Beatty. In spite of the challenges that she faced in the early years of her life, and even when she faced later on, she remained full of gratitude to God uh, for what God brought out eventually from a life headed for ruin and destruction. We must be very grateful. We must be very thankful. Now let me go to the first feast that we're looking at, Passover. What exactly is Passover? Let me take you to Exodus 12, where Passover was given to the children of Israel. And we'll see some things there. Oh, Exodus 12. On verse 1, I'll read again. It reads and I quote, Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, Does that sound familiar? Does that sound familiar? Numbers 10, 1. What do you find there? And the Lord spoke to Moses. Leviticus 23, from verse 1. What do you find there? And the Lord spoke to Moses. Again, Exodus 12 from verse 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt. Can you see that emphasis over and over again? God speaking. God directing. God speaking to his people. God telling them what to do. God leading them. God directing them. The Lord spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Maybe I need to give us a background here. At this time, Israel was still in Egypt. At this time, all the plagues that were released to convince Pharaoh to release them so that they could go and serve their God had apparently failed. Pharaoh had refused again and again and again to let them go. Remember how he started. Moses threw down his rod. The magicians also threw down their own rod to prove that they could do some things. But the rods of Moses swallowed the rods of the magi Egyptian magicians. And Pharaoh said, yes, we too can do something. And he refused to let them go. Then number <coughs> the first plague, the water was turned into blood. Water was turned into blood. And then the second one, flies. I mean, frogs. Then the third one, lies. Then the fourth one, flies. You know, different ones, different ones like that. But in spite of it all, in spite of it, Pharaoh refused to let them go. So at this time, God was not, yes, he came and said, this month shall be the beginning of months. What changed physically? What changed physically? Nothing. But God said, now a new beginning is starting with you. At that time, nothing had changed. They were still in Egypt. They were still under the bondage of Pharaoh. But let me tell you, God does not speak the way man speaks. God will speak into situations to change it. Man normally will speak to what? express whatever is happening. 
as children of God, let's learn to speak the way God speaks. Words are not primarily meant for communication. It became a primary source of communication because of the fall. Words were meant to transform situations. I, I don't understand. Uh, Pastor, maybe you need to explain that to us. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created what? The heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form. And it was void. And there was darkness all over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved. The Spirit of God moved over the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. The Hebrew says, and God said, light be and light was. Look at the response of God to the darkness. God spoke into the darkness so that the darkness can be changed into light. God did not just uh, comment on the darkness. We comment on situation. Oh, look at what is happening. Look at what is this and that. Well, maybe there's nothing wrong in commenting. But after that, what do you do? Do you just leave it like that? When there's so much power, there's prophetic power in the believer's mouth. Learn to speak like your father. Don't just say things anyhow. Don't just speak anyhow. Speak into the situation. Prophesy into the situation so that the situation can change. And the Bible says, and there was light as a result of the word that God spoke. He spoke to the darkness and there was light. Let me take you to, uh, to um, Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37 from verse number 1. Ezekiel 37 uh, from verse number 1. It reads... And I quote, Ezekiel 37, from verse number 1, it reads, and I quote, 37, if you're a student of the scriptures, you remember that particular scripture. It's called what? The, the valley of dry bones. And the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. Hello? The valley was full of what? Bones. Verse number two. Then it caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were very what? Dry. Bones are indicative of death. And the Bible says there were many of them. They were not only dead, they were very dry meaning they've been there for a long time. Now, what do you do? Oh, maybe you look at the situation. This has been there for a long time. In fact, it seems to be getting drier and drier and drier and drier. Amen. It's a, they caused me to pass by them on around. Behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. Verse number three. Then he said to me, Son of man, can these bones leave? Oh, can these bones leave? So I answered, oh, Lord God, what? You know, because these are too dry. They are too dead. Can that marriage be resuscitated? Can that financial situation be turned around? 
Can that body be healed of that situation? I have come as one saint to you this morning, today, to prophesy and declare over that situation that these bones will live. In the name of Jesus, today represents the beginning of months for you. I speak to this marriage. This marriage. Yes, you've been thinking. I think I'm tired. And I just, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. You know, I've tried to do this. I've tried to do that. Nothing has changed. But I speak to it right now. And I prophesy. It's the beginning of months for you. In the name of Jesus. I speak life into it. I speak life into it. I speak beginning of months over the situation, over the finances, over the body, in the name of Jesus. I say it's the beginning of months for you. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. I speak life into it. Because the life that is in the flesh comes from the spirit. I speak life into the situation. They may look dry. I prophesy life. I prophesy change. I prophesy in the name of Jesus Christ. I say to them, all dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. All dry situations, hear the word of the Lord. I speak over regarding that issue concerning that child. I speak over it. I say, in the name of Jesus, change has come. In Jesus' name. I speak over that financial situation. Change has come. In the name of Jesus. I speak over that business. Change has come. In the name of Jesus. I speak over that home. Change has come. In the name of Jesus Christ. So I prophesy to these bones and say to them, all dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. All dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And then what, what happened? He prophesied. Verse number five, he prophesied. Thus says the Lord to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall leave. Thus says the Lord, go to these bones. Then I will put signs on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin. Put breath in and you shall leave. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. It concerns every situation I've spoken into. The hand of the Lord has come upon it. And you will know that the Lord God has visited you. In the name of Jesus. Because these bright bones, these dry bones will live again. In Jesus' name. This relationship will live again. In Jesus' name. This marriage will live again. In the name of Jesus. This body, I speak healing to you. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I want to thank you because I and the children that God has given to me were for signs and wonders in our generation. Therefore, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for your turn around. Thank you for your turn around. I speak also over our city. I speak also over our nation. In the name of Jesus, these dry bones leave in Jesus' name. Dry bones leave in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of, we push back the enemy regarding our city and our nation. And we declare, let thy kingdom come and your will be done. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Verse number three. I'll start to round up now. Speak to the, all the congregation of Israel. 
saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. Why a lamb? Because Jesus, the Lamb of God, will eventually come. That will take away the sins of the world. You know, they were involved. At this time, Israel was facing probably the greatest battle that biblical Israel faced. They were held, not just by Pharaoh, by the gods of Egypt. The bondage was so much, so they were involved in a battle, not just for their deliverance, but to break the hold of these gods over them. And he said, take a lamp, share it with your neighbor. Now, six, you shall keep it until the 14th day of the month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it what? On the doorpost and on the lintel of the house. The blood has been shed by killing the lamb. Oh, ho, 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 ho. But the Bible says the blood of Jesus was also shed to take away the sins, the sins of the world. Hallelujah. So God was actually preparing them. Do you know Jesus actually died during Passover celebration? So this was actually a prelude to the eventual death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it says, for I will, look at, uh, I will take you to verse number 12. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and I will strike all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. So the issue were the gods of Egypt. <laughs> Not just Pharaoh, the gods that held them bound. Don't forget, I spoke about spiritual warfare, that the warfare is what? Is in the world. It's in the spirit realm. There's warfare around you in the spirit realm. For Israel, it was natural. It was physical. For the believer, a lot of time is spiritual. You don't see. You can't even explain some things. But it's the, something is happening. Something is happening. You're seeing the effects of it in the natural that's why I told us learn to escalate matters into the spirit. Because you can't solve spiritual problems with natural means. Most people endeavor to solve spiritual problems using natural means. It doesn't work. You have to escalate it to the realm that Satan cannot handle. It's called the realm of the world and the spirit. And here, it was the God. He said, now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you. When I strike the land of Egypt, so this day shall be to you a what? A memorial. It shall be a memorial. And you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord. What? Throughout your generation. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. That is why to, to, just before Jesus went to the cross. Let me take you through that. He went because of this command. said so this will continue for all generations. He instituted what is called the what? The Lord's table or the communion, representing the Passover. Because he, he died and he rose again and is alive forevermore. Israel was delivered from the bondage of Egypt. Jesus came to deliver the believer from the bondage of Satan. And he said this. In Matthew 26, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take it, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks 
and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they sang in a hymn, they sang a new song. Oh, my, 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 my. And they went out to the Mount of Olives. He was about to go to the cross, but instituted this. There will be an everlasting ordinance for them. And even before he went to the cross, he said, look at what he said there. You know, let them throw the bread. Let them throw the wine. Next week, Sunday, we're going to go to the Lord's table. Bread is all, the Bible says, healing is the children's bread. You can receive healing through by partaking in the bread. In the same way that the blood, that every appeal could not do with Pharaoh, the moment the blood was applied on the lintel and applied on the doorpost, it broke the power of the gods. And they were able to walk away. In the same way, when you go to the Lord's table with understanding, with revelation, it will break completely the hold, the satanic hold, satanic attacks, whatever it is that is standing before you or standing before us concerning God's purposes for our lives. I have a, I, I'm just so full of faith this morning, full of faith this morning because I'm saying, Lord, I'm, I, I'm saying a future that is so bright. I'm seeing God multiplication. I'm seeing God's increase. I'm seeing where there's been delay, fruitfulness. I'm seeing God breaking forth, breaking through for his people as a result of we partaking in communion with understanding, partaking in communion with revelation, partaking in what he instituted for us. I can say that I'm excited about what the future holds for us, what the future holds for us. I believe that the majority that is wrong, majority that are not worshipping God in our city will become the minority. I believe that the minority will become the majority is a question of time. Somebody said, you said this before. Yes, I'll keep on saying it. God kept on saying, before I'm sending my son, sending my son until eventually he came. We'll continue to prophesy. We'll continue to declare until the manifestation will come. And it will come in Jesus' name. This city has been known as the most livable city. It will become the city where God reigns. It will become the city of the kingdom. It will be written that we don't know what is happening in Melbourne. Oh, people are just rushing to church. There's revival in the city. That will be reported not by the church, but by reported by Sky News, by NBC News. Something is happening to city, our city. That is our Lord. That is our portion. In the days to come, as we push back, the gods that are holding people bound, even in this land, those who are holding them bound, holding them bound, in the name of Jesus, people, they will announce footy on Sunday. People will rush to church. They say, we can't go there until we go and worship our God first. In the name of Jesus, because the God of heaven has come to take over. God has come to take over. God has come to take over. We declare over our lives, over our church, over our city, thy kingdom come and thy will of God be done as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you. The word of power, the word of life that you committed to my mouth for my generation. I've declared it. Father, thank you so much as you hasten to perform your word. We give you praise and worship 
We adore you, Lord, forevermore in the name of Jesus. I will see you during the week at the church and the house centers and then finally on Sunday at the Lord's table when we come and share communion. We are coming not just anyhow, but with revelation, with understanding, with insight of what these things stand for. And the victory shall be proclaimed in Jesus' name. We have not read the end of the year yet, but you are entering into a brand new year concerning you. It's a brand new year. It's a brand new day in Jesus' name. I announce over you that this shall be the beginning for you. A fresh beginning and a new beginning in Jesus' name. God bless you.